Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guys. Thank you so much for coming back to Recovery Guy Podcast. Thank you for sharing our message of hope. Thank you for your continual likes, your private responses, and an indication of how we're doing in terms of our input and our contribution to the recovery community. I hear from so many of you, and it is greatly encouraging So whether you're listening from one of the major podcast channels or whether or not you're listening from recoveryguy.org, maybe you have gone to my uh, new YouTube channel, Real Recovery Guy, and you're listening to some uh, uh, video downloads there. I have 32 of them off of Vimeo that you're more than welcome to download and use in your treatment or personal environment. Maybe you uh, you follow me through recovery underscore guy at Instagram. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can reach out to me. And I'm so glad that you do because we are in this together, right? I often say we were broken apart and we get well together. We get whole together. We look at recovery not just as a matter of not drinking or using, right? If it were just about step one and not drinking, then we should be able to just not drink and everyone would get better. Everyone would get well. It doesn't happen that way because it is not about the alcohol. It is about uncovering my selfish and self-centered behavior that you and I can then take a look at who we are, what we had become, what were we operating under, what lies, what pretenses, uh, what version of us we thought was true. We have to overcome those things. Otherwise, really what we have is a little physical sobriety. And after a while, if you give a little physical sobriety to a person whose selfishness and self-centeredness has not changed, eventually we will relapse. That has been my experience. That is why, whether it's a 12-step program through AA, NA, OA, GA, you name it, or one of the monotheistic religions of the world, there's very good recovery programs within the synagogues, in the mosques, in the churches, in the parishes, the Buddhist network. There's so many different avenues. Every single one of those avenues requires a life transformation from the inside out to change and quality, as Stephen Covey would say. So if it were just a matter of not drinking or not using or not throwing up or whatever, then we could just stop those and we would be fine. But that's not the case. So let's continue on this recovery journey. Let's look for new ways that we can find out a little bit about ourselves and about how we interact with other and then how to become that more polished, that sharpened version of who we are or who we can be that we might have a positive impact and effect 
on those that are around us. I'm excited. I love the holidays. Maybe I've shared this with you before. My first Christmas, we're coming up on that. My first Christmas sober um, back in 1986. And it was about the middle of December. And my mom and dad were over at my girlfriend's house and we were having dinner. And my dad came up to me. And as many of you know, my dad was alcoholic. He got sober a number of years before he passed away. Then he and I had, I had the honor of becoming my friend, a friend to my dad before he passed away. So we had two and a half years where we became these wonderful friends, the friends I always wanted us to be. So as sad as it was that he suddenly died on August 1st of 1988, he did so with the closure that I would need and that I don't walk in regret of not having time with my dad because it was spectacular. Would I want more? Of course I would. What, what, same person wouldn't want more time with their mom or their dad, just exploring how good their relationship can be. Nevertheless, my dad and mom were over for dinner and my dad was the one who dropped me off at the Rhett Butler Hotel uh, on April 19th of 1986, the first day of my relapse. And he said, you know what, Bobby, your mom and I aren't going to watch you die. And he dropped me off. He paid a week for me at this motel over on 15th and Fremont in Las Vegas, a little cozy little place called Heroin Heights, catty corner from the Sundowner Saloon, right? So I always had to be close to a bar. But my dad dropped me off there and, and he said, your mom and I aren't going to watch you die. He paid a week for me and he turned around and walked away and he was broken. He was the defeated man because he would later tell me he thought it would be the last time that he saw me alive. And that was my condition. So moving forward to December, about the middle of December of 1986, my dad and my mom were over for dinner and, and my dad came up to me, gave me a hug. He gave me a watch. I still have the Timex watch in my jewelry box and he gave me a hug and he said, you know, Bobby, your mom and I, we don't worry about you anymore. And that touched my heart in such a way that I carry that memory to this day as just a wonderful reminder of the friends that my dad and I had become. He said, your mom and I don't worry about you anymore. Do you know, he had an expectation of me and I had always disappointed that expectation where he stopped having an expectation that I would get better. And that is why he finally had to say, we're not going to watch you die. You know, today's podcast is called Balancing Expectations, and it was really born out of a little exchange that I had had with my friend Burke the other day, and we were just chatting back and forth, and he's extremely busy in his particular profession, and, and we communicate uh, in between that busyness, and he messaged me, and he said, you know, Robert, please forgive me because I wish I was better at responding to you. He listened to my material. He's one of the people that I use as a sounding board because he has such a, a wonderful mind toward wellness and wisdom and reason and understanding. And so I use him as a, um, as a sounding board. He's not in a 12-step program in personal recovery as much as I know. 
but he's just a man given to wisdom. And so when when I had sent him some material about a week or so back, again he he sent back and he apologized, said I wish I was better at this, and I and I messaged him back and I said, bro, don't worry, you know, our friendship means I don't have an expectation. And he gave me a smiley face and sent it back and said, thank you. But, you know, isn't that the way it should be? Shouldn't we balance our expectations? Because he already felt that he wasn't fulfilling his obligation as my friend, which, of course, he does. But he was wondering if he did. And I was so glad I was able to respond that I have a healthy expectation of him. You know what I expect of Burke? I expect him to treat me with kindness. And, and, and that's really about it. Other than that, I have no expectation because there's so many things in his life, both personally and professionally, number one, that really aren't any of my business, that number two may have a, a higher priority. Doesn't mean I'm not important. It's just that there's things that are more important. Now, if I was in trouble and if I needed his assistance and, you know, I was on a downward spiral, whatever, I'm sure I would shoot up that list of, of importance and even to a degree of urgency. But that's not the way it is. And then also, um, if I were to have expectations on him, then he may think, isn't my friendship enough? I'm giving what I can give, how I can give it. Why isn't that enough for you? And that would be a valid question. So my expectation is that he just treat me with kindness based on who he is as a person, not so much what I want as a person, but who he is as a person, right? And so when we talk about balancing expectations, we need in all fairness to do so with the other person in mind. One of the things that I have learned in my recovery journey is regarding balancing expectations. You know, I've come to learn that expectations, they can be positive and they can be negative. Expectations can be fair and they can be unfair. Oftentimes, and maybe you have come across this yourself, oftentimes expectations will get in the way of our external relationships. Have you ever noticed that? That expectations will get in the way of our external relationships. Because there are things, lots of things, that I don't see going on in the life of another person. We live in a very disjointed society, and unless I have a front row seat to your life, how do I know What's preventing you from getting back to me? How do I know what is keeping you from doing what I think you should be doing? Again, what I think that you should be doing regarding our relationship. Now, if if you say to me, Robert, I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Maybe my expectation based on my relationship with you could be elevated but it doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, written in stone. 
what if you tell me that you are going to be at my office or we're going to meet for coffee at a beans and brew or buns and brew, whatever the heck these places are called. We're going to meet for a coffee somewhere. And you say, I'm going to meet you at 630. I don't know that you've gotten caught in traffic, right? And it's 640. I don't know if you are on a phone call that you can't get off. Therefore, you you can't um, uh, call me, right? I don't know that you're driving and therefore it wouldn't be safe for you to text me. I don't know these things. So to have these expectations, you know, now if you get to our coffee appointment, and you and and you don't have an exp- expectation or an explanation because at that point I I could expect an explanation. Hey Robert, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to. You know, my child was running late and I got in my car. I couldn't text you. Whatever the situation may be at that point. Hey, I understand. No worries. Life happens. Let's enjoy our coffee and let's our joy and let's enjoy our conversation, our time together. Now, if you're a person who is habitually late, why do I have an expectation in the first place? Why don't I just build in some time for you, right? If I know you're going to be, you're often running for different reasons, right? I'm not going to judge what those reasons are. Maybe you're just a person who doesn't know that things get in their way or their life isn't in that much of control, right? They, they... They don't control the controllables, therefore the uncontrollable. The tyranny of the urgent runs their life. They live in the urgency instead of the important, and therefore they run late. Well, if I know that, then why do I have an expectation you're going to get there at a particular time? Why don't I just build that time in for you and balance that expectation? That's what that is. Oftentimes, expectations that aren't met are are different And sometimes they come from a different arena and maybe we don't understand them and maybe we often judge another person by them. Therefore, it is often unfair as well, right? Because judging and making a, an assertion of something that we may not be aware of is also wrong. And that rules out fairness. It can... It can uh, um, throw out the balance of our relationship or how we view a person in terms of our expectation because we want to view others with fairness and also, again, factoring in what's uncontrollable. You know, when I look at that word expect or expectations, it means to look forward to, to regard as likely to happen, right? Doesn't mean it will. It's likely to happen. And that's where I need to balance just because it's likely to doesn't mean it has or will. Do you ever get on a plane? I have an expectation that I'm going to land at 1037. I could land at 1035. If we don't get off the ground and for 15 minutes late and we can only make up 10 minutes in the air or what have you, my expectation will be thrown off some, right? We have to be flexible. We have to learn how to balance. Now, There are certain things where we can have an expectation in. One of the things that we can expect, and I think this is fair, 
with our relationship with our higher power. I can have an expectation that when I seek the wisdom of God as I understand God, I believe I will receive that wisdom. God is infinite. He is the most finite. He is the most omnipresent power that I know of. I believe that God is the creator of all things. Therefore, everything comes under the control of God. So my expectation of God is reasonable. Now, when that expectation involves other people, right, my expectation may need to become more balanced and changed. I expect certain things of me because I control those things, right? I expect that if I get up in the morning and this expectation is more than reasonable, I believe that when I get up in the morning, I expect in the morning to anticipate the day for goodness to occur, that I put out goodness. My expectation of receiving goodness is a very legitimate and very real and very fair expectation because that's what the universe allows. I believe when I put out goodness, goodness will be returned to me. I, I expect my cup to be filled when I empty my cup unselfishly toward others. I expect when I put out a positive message, a positive vibe from someone or something or some time, that message of positivity will be returned to me. I think those expectations are reasonable. Number one, because they are built on promises that have been true since the dawning of time, the beginning of creation, certainly since I've been a part of this planet. Also, those expectations more involve me as a person where I have more control over than I do people, places, and things. Does that make sense? So when I look at expectations, when I look at balancing those expectations, that's exactly what I need to do. Because if I don't, it will affect my gratitude. You know, one of the things I heard early on, you've often heard as I would lay in my my hotel bed, my motel bedroom, my one-bedroom apartment, wasn't even a one-bedroom, it was a studio with a bathroom and a kitchenette in uh, in Las Vegas. And I, I remember coming out and just changing the tapes in between meetings. I'd come out from my covers, change my tapes. One, And I don't know if it was Johnny Harris or I think it was actually Bob Earl. He talked about becoming a good application. And I remember him saying, you go to work, you work as hard as you can, And at the end of those 40 hours, you don't even expect a paycheck. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a little ridiculous. A man is worthy of his hire, right? So if I work, I ought to get paid. But that wasn't his point. If I have an expectation and that expectation isn't met, I could very easily become discouraged. 
I could very easily become a person who looks differently or badly upon another person because they did not meet that expectation. So oftentimes, the degree of my expectation will directly affect my gratitude. What if I was expecting to get paid on Friday and the payroll system went down? Or something happened with the bank? Now, I would need to be fair and balanced in that expectation. Did I have that money coming? Did I, did I work hard? Yes, yes. But do I control that? Do I need to balance? Do I need to be understanding? In the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, it says it is better to understand than to be understood. And if my expectations are flexible, allowing for human error or that unforeseeable happening, that accident on the roadway, something that was out of everyone's control that helped me understand that ex- that that expectation would not be met, then I can get on with my life. Then I can focus on other things. Because if I'm just focusing on the expectation that isn't met toward me, I'm focused on the inward. I'm focused on my personal gratification. And when I focus on my personal gratification, you then become secondary. And you must become primary. Does that make sense? As long as I am the most important person in the room, other than becoming as well for me, we have to be very careful because I need to be the most important person in the room only to the degree that it affects you. So I'm the most important person in the room for the purpose of becoming the best possible version of me so I can be most available to you and then we can go help other people, right? So I have an expectation of garbage in, garbage out, right? I have an expectation that if I'm putting goodness in, that adage of what's down in the well is what comes up in the bucket, right? I know that if I eat properly, physically, nutritionally, I can expect a healthy body. Now, Does that mean I'm going to be cancer-free? Does that mean I won't have physical challenges along the way as I age? No, that's where I have to adjust my expectations for things that I can't control. I can control what I eat and my exercise and how I feel, but I can't control the aging process. So I need to balance my expectations with science and other things that are out of my control. And when I balance those expectations Trust me when I tell you my life is just a little bit better. You know, when I I went to the store this afternoon to to shop for Thanksgiving, right? I had an expectation because I went at a particular time that it wasn't going to be as busy. It was Monday before Thanksgiving. As I'm recording this, this is Monday. Um, The Monday before Thanksgiving, and it was in the afternoon, you know, when kids were starting to get out of school, so there wouldn't be that many available parents out there to go shopping. It, it, and it would be more reasonable in terms, and, and for the most part, it was. 
but it was still very busy because it's the Monday before Thanksgiving. So I had to manage even my expectations at the store. I walked a little bit slower. I was looking out for people coming around corners. I was sharing my space better because I had an expectation that they were probably going to be a little busy. And you know, that whole shopping experience was, was fine. I got in, I got out in a reasonable time. I loaded my truck up, came and put things away. And now here I am. Had my expectation been unreasonable or my expectation would have been on others that were, I don't control what they're looking for and where they're looking for it at, my experience wouldn't be as good. And that really goes on in all aspects of our life. You know, when I go out to dinner on a Friday night, if I don't have a reservation, I can expect to wait. I give up the opportunity or I give up the right to be upset because I need to balance my expectations and find that everywhere in life. Go check yourself, see what your expectations are. And when we find ourselves getting upset, find out, ask ourselves, take our personal inventory. Am I being upset because my expectation is not reasonable or it is unfair? It's going to be one or the other. Or maybe I have a mental disorder and I need to go take a Valium and go rest or, or, or go see my, um, my mental health worker, right? Could be any one of those. Or I just maybe need to relax. Maybe I need to get something to eat because I'm getting a little hangry, right? So whatever the reason is, check myself. When I realize that I'm getting upset about something, someone, some place, maybe it's my expectation. Maybe it's not them. Or that, that needs adjustment. Maybe my expectation needs to be viewed. Maybe I need to clean off the lenses of how I see things and from there move forward. Hey, I hope this helps. I hope balancing expectations is important to you as even as we go through the holidays. Let's balance our expectations because I guarantee you when we balance our expectations, my life is just a happier place right? I love to have my grandchildren over and enjoy them. I have an expectation, right? I have an expectation of, of little Robbie who is 15 months now or 16, 15 months now, 16 months. I have an expectation of him that I don't have for Austin, who's 14 years old and these six other ones in between them, right? I don't have, I have varying degrees of expectations of them, just as I do Laura or my children. And I have an expectation. And when I find those ex expectations need not being met, I need to find balance. I need to find reason. I need to find understanding. Because within balance and expectations, I will find a serenity that I strive for. I would rather have serenity than anything else, just to know that things are going to be okay right here, right now. And if all I have to do is balance an expectation along the way, be a little bit more fair to you and to others, especially dealing with things that we deal with that are uncontrollable, let's go ahead and do it. Let's live. Let's prosper. Let's be happy. Let's be joyous. Let's be free right? And it's not just about not drinking, not using, not throwing up, not looking at porn. It is about a wellness from the inside out. It is more than just stopping a, a substance or a behavior. 
It is becoming well. It is going from broken to whole. As I love to say, we got uh, broken apart and we get whole together. Thank you for joining me today. Go see me at uh, recovery underscore uh, guy on Instagram, recoveryguy.org on uh, my website, and of course, the major podcast channels. Uh, Don't forget to go check out my videos at Real Recovery Guy on YouTube. Have a great day. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we will chat with you next week. Be blessed. Thanks again. My name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.